What is it that holds us back as female entrepreneurs from growing and scaling our businesses? Hmm. My pal Jaylan is joining us on the show today to help us answer this question. You see, Jaylan has a bee in her bonnet about something. The fact that female founders often find it far more difficult to grow and scale their businesses than men. Mm, Let's fix that, shall we? (laughs) She and I dive into this conversation as she shares with us what she sees as some of the key skills that we need to equip ourselves with as women with businesses if we want to succeed and grow. Plus, we discuss the pitfalls that we can fall prey to. So, you know, you can sidestep those instead. (laughs) Also, we talk about pooping our pants. So there's that. (laughs) Join Jaylan and I in this episode as we talk about what holds us back, some of the essential business skills that we need to succeed and the difference between struggle and discomfort and how pooping your pants is integral to your success. Intrigued? That was my intention. Let's go to the show. You're listening to the Limitless Mother podcast. I'm your host, Corey Javid, money mindset expert, success coach, mother, tea drinker, energy obsessed, manifester, afternoon bath lover, and thought leader in financial empowerment for mums. I know that we get to be successful because we are mothers, not in spite of it. And so around here, we do things differently. I've torn up the business rulebook and created a new paradigm for us, one in which we create results using energy instead of effort. I'm on a mission to help you ditch the old way of creating success. You know the one where you work hard, hustle, and sacrifice, ew, (laughs) and instead teach you how to increase your impact and income without increasing your hours and how to manifest your dreams. So if you're a mother who's ready to learn how to elevate your energy to start making bank and start living your limitless life, this is your podcast, my love, and I'm your new biz bestie. Join me as we explore what's possible for us as mothers and business owners when we remove the limits. Hello, hello, my loves. How are you doing? It's Corrie Javid here, your business bestie from CorrieJavid.com. All my days, do you feel like there has been a like visceral shift in energy? in the last couple of weeks. I don't know if it's because in the UK here we're coming out of lockdown and spring is starting, but I don't think it's just that because I'm feeling this, sensing this, reading this, seeing this in the results of women who work all over the world. I just feel this real leap, this surge in energy amongst women and business owners something really cool is about to happen. Cool things are already starting to happen. I don't know. I just feel it. Do you feel it? Let's lean into it, my love. Um, And actually, quick bit of news for you. On that note, I was talking to my coach the other day and I was like, I really just want to do feminine energy month again but I feel like it wasn't at least like a like a a year since I last did it because like you know on the show if you've been around here for a while like we do money month once a year normally at the same sort of time of year I did feminine energy last year I was like I just feeling really pulled to that topic I know you ladies love feminine energy and how it relates to business. I've had so many, so many of you tell me you want to hear more on that. I was like, I really just want to do it. And she was like, well, she had to remind me, it's your business. Do what you like. Just do feminine energy month again. I was like, I'm just going to do feminine energy month again. (laughs) 
So when I say again, it's going to be all new topics, of course, but we're really going to be leaning into feminine energy soon, probably starting from next week's episode. So excited to bring you that. Um, And yeah, I'm going to be sharing with you next episode some of the results my clients have been getting all my days phenomenal. And I feel like that's just kind of like evidence of this shift of energy that I've been sort of feeling and sensing and seeing, but it's also panning out in some absolutely epic AF results for some of my clients. I mean, I'm going to share them all on next week's show, but just shout out to one of my clients in particular. So proud of this lady. She just hit her first 20k cash month yay! She transitioned from my one-to-one into my mastermind and had her first 20k cash month coincide with the first month in the mastermind group, the Elevated Abundance Mastermind. And I thought that's so interesting, isn't it? Because if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that my first 20k cash month in business, well, I had two consecutive um, 20k cash months, but the first one was the first month that I joined the mastermind that I'm in such a good parallel. Um, I just, I'm so proud of this woman. I've been working with her, not from day dot in her business. She had a business when she came to me, but um, we kind of like helped her really drill into what it was that she wanted to do with her business and pivot and shift a little bit, let go of some unideal clients and really double down on the things that she did want to be doing. And she has just been such an inspiration. She really does the inner work. She really is on board with the mindset and the energy. And she's just made phenomenal results. She's brought her husband into the business. They had a massive lifestyle change for the better. I mean, just so proud of this woman. Love her. Um, Anywho, I'm so proud of all of my clients. I love all of my clients. I could literally just sit here. I'm not going to lie. As I'm recording just this intro, I have had a glass of wine. I could just sit here telling you. I just love them so much. Um, And on the topic of my mastermind, though, if you want to find out about when the next um, round is opening up and when we are enrolling, you need to get your buns onto the waiting list. So head over to corriejavid.com forward slash elevate and sign up. It's free to do so. There's zero obligation, but it means, my love, that you'll get first dibs on spaces that come up and an exclusive discount. If you're not on the list, you won't get first dibs, you won't get the discount. So if, you know, the discount, presuming that we both agree that you're a good fit and you sign up, all the things. But if you are excited, if you are feeling the same shift in energy and you're excited to be getting that support, to be surrounded by your new group of badass biz besties and to have my transformative coaching support to really helping you create some of that business magic, then yeah, you need to be on the list, corriejavid.com forward slash elevate. Now, let's get to today's episode. I've got my friend Jaylan Boyce on the show, and I cannot wait to bring you this conversation. Her and I, we only met online a couple of months, maybe two, three months ago, and we just hit it off instantly. I feel like I've known her for ages. You know, when you just really click with someone, you just have that instant rapport. Um, I've already done a workshop or masterclass for her audience, um, and then it's really lovely to bring her here to you ladies to share her skills and expertise, and you're going to love her. Uh, let me just tell you a little bit about her before I actually formally bring her in. Not that she's kind of like waiting outside, you understand? <laughs> just waiting outside patiently for me to quit chatting. Um, 
So Jaylan's a multi-award winning business strategist and she, I mean, she knows her strategy stuff and an entrepreneurial coach and an international speaker. She's the co-founder and the CEO of Academy for Women Entrepreneurs, AWE. Go and check it out. And her vision is the cornerstone of a comprehensive platform, which is AWE, which is designed to support women entrepreneurs and encourage their growth both personally and professionally by the means of training, coaching, and networking. And I cannot wait to bring you this episode because we talk about all of the things, including, like I mentioned in the little intro before this, pooping our pants. (laughs) Um, You're going to love Jay, so let's bring her in. Welcome to the show, Jaylan. Hey, very, very pleased to be here. Thank you for inviting me, Corey. Oh, my pleasure. We've been looking forward to this, actually, haven't we? So, yeah. Um, we, yeah, so for listeners, we kind of like came across each other online a couple of months ago, I think it was now. Yes, I think so. Had a coffee chat, hit it off. Um, I've done something for um, your audience, and now you're here to do something for mine. So it's like just such a lovely collaboration. Classical women collaboration, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> women supporting women. Like we always win when that happens, right? Exactly. Definitely. 100%. <laughs> and we've just been chatting about rollerblading and champagne and all of the things. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> because you always do rollerblade and champagne. <laughs> exactly. Maybe at the same time. Hey, I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> I'll try. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> maybe hey maybe it'll help you like just feel that more kind of like extra bit confident on your rollerblades if you've just actually it might I shall do that although if you crash and burn (laughs) I don't want to accept any liability (laughs) anyway I want our listeners to get to know you so the way that I always like to start is because I think it's always so interesting as women who are business owners and mothers as well to hear other stories of women who are mothers and business owners, how they came to be in business and what their journey has been. So tell us how you started your business and how you got to where you are today. Sure. Thank you for asking. And I'll try to cut it short. But um, so my I'm originally from Turkey and mm-hmm. I moved to France when I was 19, studied there, started um, working there in healthcare advertising. So in Mm. Ogilvy, which is one of the biggest network agencies. And slowly, slowly, I got really into it. Um, To be honest, I really didn't even know that healthcare advertising existed back back then. Mm -hmm. Um, So I got into it and then I started to, you know, as you do, grow and grow in the corporate world. Um, Then changed a few agencies met my current husband back then we are now in year 11 in in France and I decided to move to UK and it was was, your so is your husband French no he's he no 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 no, he's Brit um so that's why we we decided to kind of come move here and at that moment also I got my French passport um what they call by naturalization uh Mm -hmm. in France so I got my French passport, which meant to me freedom. Mm. So I was like able to go wherever. And um, we moved to London and he, he used to live in Southampton, actually. So we moved to London. and oh, I not far from me. Yeah, not far. Yeah, actually, yeah. I used to come to Bournemouth uh, a lot, flying yeah. Bournemouth uh, from France. 
So um, then what happened is, well, I was leading an agency here, um, mostly doing strategic stuff, consultancy, et cetera. And then classical corporate uh, BS happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really didn't want to play the corporate political games. It's really not my forte. Mm-hmm. I wish it was. It, life would be easier. It's really mm-hmm. not my forte. And anyhow, to be honest, there's not one person in my family who is um, employee. So oh, wow. all my family, I mean, I'm counting in uncles, aunties, all of them are yeah. entrepreneurs. So Oh, wow. So you come from an, a lineage of entrepreneurs. Exactly. And I love that. When people asked me when I was like four or five years old, I was, I'm going to be the boss of my business. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so anyhow, that was in the, in the universe. So I wanted to become uh, a business owner. And after like having to deal with the corporate BS, I was like, all right, then I'll just do it myself. And I opened mm-hmm. my first business in 2012 called J Strategy. Mm-hmm. The thing is, I knew a great deal in strategic consultancy, what to do, you know, as being strategic consultant or even kind of managing the clients. But I didn't know what the heck meant to manage a business. Mm. but I had some kind of attributes to be able to go in front of a client and present something and get the client on board but bear in mind I was working with pharmaceutical companies so it's really difficult to get into these companies at the beginning especially if you're small yeah and actually I was just writing uh, my newsletter right now about this story the first ever client that I signed up which was my like year's worth client basically Uh, brought me more than half a million over six years oh wow and they cost me in marketing five pounds (laughs) 34 well that is a good return on that marketing but yeah it was was the marketing I have to ask what was the marketing all right this is like I opened the business in November and in December I was like what the heck am I supposed to do now with this business and I started to handwrite uh, Christmas cards to all the contacts that I had just come across in my previous life. So, and the business card had a big J on it. And I put, you know, those um, candy cans? I, yes. I glued a candy can on top of it. And then I put oh, them. Oh, because it's like a J shape. Exactly. Yeah. Clever. So, <laughs> so then I send those uh, to 126 people. Mm-hmm. And then one of them got back to me. So now I made it look like uh, I sent the J and then, you know, Candy Ken and then they signed the, you know, the, yeah. the, the half a million contract. <laughs> it didn't happen like that, of course. They invited me to pitch and I mm-hmm. pitched against my ex-boss and I, I won. won. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, that was like the first real like oh, okay, now I'm a business owner. Yeah, I'm legit. Exactly. I have a client. And those are corporate contracts. The minute you are in, it means Mm. you're going to earn big money. Yeah. So I was like, right now, where is the team (laughs) to deliver the whole (laughs) thing? Um, And to add on top of this, to pitch, I went, uh, I was going to the pitch but I was short in team. So I called a friend of mine who spoke French who came mm-hmm. to meet me and we literally like, 
I had dummied her. Like she didn't know anything <laughs> about business, nothing. And we just brought her as the expert of whatever. And yeah. she just sat there to be pretty and, and you know, <laughs> make like a prop. <laughs> Because I, I felt like we needed to be, you know, like we needed to look, look more like legit, like exactly. this team here. I mean, I was I was I pitching know. against McKenzie. I was pitching against uh, WPP. So, so wow. you know, like I was yeah. like, Ugh. but the reason why they gave me the business was totally different. It was because mm. we were the ones who didn't act like we were blah. You know, we were yeah. the ones who were there, like who worked our butts off and then you had something to prove exactly yeah and everybody in that room mattered to us and it and that's how we kind of gained their trust mm. and that was my first ever like becoming a business owner mm-hmm. and it went really well Jay strategy was very well uh it was a great 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 kind of um exploration of entrepreneurship but um mm-hmm. I quickly saw that for it to become big as I dreamed of I needed to again get back to corporate games because it's I was working with corporate businesses yes so um and also I started to fall out of love with pharmaceutical industry so I decided Mm. to call it off and it's a really interesting concept to call it off when you're making money yeah, when you've got a successful business, yeah, so actually walking away from that is very difficult, especially because you've built it. It's even more difficult, I would imagine, than walking away from like a well-paying job, you know, because you actually like built this. This is kind of like your baby. Was there something? So you said you kind of fell out of love with it. Was there like one particular thing that was the catalyst there? Yeah, or was it a gradual kind of decision. Yeah, I just didn't like. What happened is pharmaceutical industry became frozen in terms of decision making so what was happening is we would go run these workshops of 200 people Mm. but it just became a gimmick thing okay we would earn our money but I never saw the impact of what we were doing Mm. yeah and that kind of became a little bit of like why am I doing this what's the point yeah exactly it's great to, to earn a lot of money but it's really not like I, I just didn't see the result of our work and that was mm. really important to me. So that's yeah. why I was like, I, I literally fell out of love and that was in 2016 that I decided I'm cutting everything. Um, I sold a few clients to um, other people, other uh, partners of mine. And um, and that's how I kind of walked out of the business. Uh what happened then, I trained as a coach while I was pregnant. Oh, wow. And, um, yeah, I was like, I was literally before, like four days after I gave birth. Uh, it was my last module in Cambridge. I went there. I finished the last oh module goodness. four days after I gave oh birth. Oh, my goodness. What about us? <laughs> so that, that was kind of like the fun bit. And I started to coach people. Mostly I brought my strategic background and it was always uh, business owners. Mm. And slowly I kind of saw, oh, my God, actually, there's a real need within the business, uh, women yeah. business owners. Yes. But then I, because I cannot do something repeatedly, although I know that the um, success comes from that, I needed mm-hmm. to create something that would do this repeatedly in my place. Yeah, so that's how Academy for Women Entrepreneurs came 
to my mind. And also in women entrepreneurs, I mean, you will say that to me as well, because you are um, further ahead in your journey with women entrepreneurship and, and coaching them. What I found a little bit unfair was they are they are a little bit they're not invested in themselves it's almost like oh my god I'm gonna put that money to invest in myself or in my business it's almost Mm -hmm. like a guilt and my Mm -hmm. aim was all right I'm gonna take the guilt part out of it and how am I gonna actually train all these women or give them that business acumen without them feeling that it's a massive investment of Mm. a massive coach price because I if I sell my hours it's going to be a coaching price yeah yes so that's how we kind of created that model yeah so 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 I'm understanding so it was kind of like a a dual purpose that kind of pivot at that point from like one-to-one coaching partly because you didn't want to just be kind of you know especially it depends it depends what you're coaching people on of course and of course every like person in front of you is different but if you're um, I imagine if you're coaching more on the strategic side there's an element that you're kind of like oh you know I could just have all of my clients in one room teaching them this one aspect like it's not the best use of your personal time sometimes to be kind of like you know coaching around and teaching around the same thing so it's a way of like getting actually the those really valuable strategic tools in and that kind of like training around business in the hands of more women and at the same time like you said finding a way to make it more accessible because as we know Guilt is a big thing when it comes to women investing in themselves. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. Guilt is a big thing, and then um, you know there are stats that show that uh, there are less women in entrepreneurship, uh, less women scale their businesses. I mean, there are like a handful of women who can scale their businesses uh, above a million uh, compared to men. Yeah, I actually read a stat on this. I think it was even this morning. I can't quote the source, so you know, do your own do your own googling, people. Um, but it's and it might have been for stats for the US, but I'm sure it's not that different in the UK here. But and it was saying that less than eighteen percent of female founders hit the six figure mark in their business, and less than two percent make it to seven figures. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that would and not. Yeah, that matches yeah. a lot of European data yeah. as well. I remember um, just on this point of like that guilt around investing and, you know, the fact that women um, find it harder to scale. Um, I remember having a conversation with a client and friend of mine and she, um, it was at a point when she was like about to invest in a more significant way in her business and she was having the mindset wobbles, you know, feeling the guilt, feeling like, am I, can I do this? Am I worthy of this? Which is what comes up um, for women a lot of the time. And at the same time, her husband's also an entrepreneur and he'd had um, a new business idea and he was out there spending money like it was going out of fashion. I'm going to get in a, I can't remember what it was, so I might be misquoting, but I'm going to get in like a, a proper filming crew to record this thing. For my website. I'm going to have my website built like amazingly from scratch. I'm going to have like, and do all these things. And she was like, hold on a minute. <laughs> I'm here quibbling over, and okay, it was a significant investment, but nothing compared to what he was, and he was not giving it a second thought because that worthiness piece, that guilt piece, I don't think it plagues men in the way that it plagues no. 
women. And then actually when we add in motherhood, that adds an extra dimension because we can feel like, am I taking it away from the family pot? What would this do for the family, you know? Um, yeah, so yeah, yeah, definitely. And also I think it's, um, it's more, I mean, they're more... You know, I was saying this um, during our workshop uh, when you were running the workshop. If you go on Clubhouse, the rooms that are the like busiest are all about money, talking yeah. about money. And those rooms are all ran by male, <laughs> yep. you know, man. And uh, the public is majority man as well. So and yeah. are comfortable playing with money. We're not yes. because we yeah. were the ones who had to, who had to keep it and build upon it, you know, whereas mm. they, they know how to make it. They know how to make money out of money and they have the relationships. Like, uh, there is, mm. there is a data from Europe saying that actually one of the main reasons why women cannot grow their companies is because they lack network. So if yes. I cannot reach to someone who's able to give me uh, the funds I'm going to be crumbling myself trying to find yeah. in my little pocket enough money for my podcast and da 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 mm. whereas men go oh yeah I met this guy and this guy over the beer drinking and da 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 and yeah. here we go you know this you know and they're not afraid to have those conversations no. as well. so I think sometimes women they don't have the network often or we don't have the network often but then also on top of that we don't actually necessarily have the confidence to approach our network and say like hey I need this or I want this oh, yeah. by the way I don't know if you can hear that banging in the background my husband decided now is a good time to be lifting heavy weights which just <laughs> seems like an appropriate masculine energy to be <laughs> undercutting this conversation <laughs> uh, that's good anyway mine will be coming soon too so we might hear the banging like stomping feet so let's <laughs> yeah, anyway um but yeah and I feel like even even with the presence of the network around it's um often very difficult for us as women to admit that we want support ask for support ask for help from our network too and to, to kind of approach it. and especially if there's a conversation around money if we haven't you know, got a great relationship with money ourselves and we need to have a conversation with somebody in our network about money, we just go for the, what feels like the safer option of, I'll just crack on on my own and try and get it done. You know, I will just okay. DIY this. And, yeah. You know. Yeah. So true. And look, I did that with Jay's strategy. I did boot, bootstrap it and I, I grew it to a certain level, but it could never grow to the level mm. that I wanted without investment because, of course, you know, yeah. You and get to a point and you, yeah, yeah, you can't, you just cannot grow any business without some investment at some point. Yeah, exactly. And with AWE, Academy for Women Entrepreneurs, we, we did different, I did differently. And like, you're so right about saying that feeling of guilt, fe not fear, but like feeling a little bit icky. The mm -hmm. first time I went to a potential investor and said, uh, you know, I think I might need a little, 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 little. Yeah. <laughs> and like kind of like apologetic, sort of like looking at the floor. <laughs> yeah, and like I literally could not pronounce the words, and and then I had to force myself. Well, he forced me. He's he's a great uh, family friend, and he's like, "Do you want money?" And I was like, <laughs> "Well, put that way, yes, I do." <laughs> <laughs> and you know, like the money that I was wanting from him, it was 
nothing for him, but it represented a lot for us. And I was just like, me, small me. Yes. And it was really, really big struggle. Yeah. And I think that's that's um, that can be one of the things that keeps so many women from growing their business is that feeling unable to invest, isn't it? It's that kind of that from from one way or another, either they the idea of even approaching like an investor feels you know very intimidating. It feels very masculine energy kind of space. Um, it's not something anybody is kind of taught how to do, and it's kind of a, a, an unnatural feeling, you know. And and then on the other side, if it's like even if it if there was money available in you know that in your personal life, the actual even idea of spending it on yourself in this way, because you've got to trust yourself and you're taking a punt ultimately, yeah. you know, um, there's never any guarantee, of course, um, can just feel too provoking. And so the thing that you and I see is so many women then go with plan C, which is not investing and trying to do it all themselves. And it's, it's, a, it's it can be a real struggle. Oh, yeah. And, and it's like, they really quickly fall out of love with business and yes, I course. do hear yeah. I don't know how you, you you see if you see that or not I do hear a lot like the alternative is always oh you know what well, I'll go back to mm. having a job and I yeah. always go like you know the problem with becoming an entrepreneur whether it's well six months one year or 10 years you got the bug and going back to a job is not that easy no it's not that once you've had a taste of the freedom yeah 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 and it breaks my heart when I hear of women who have fallen out of love with their businesses because often it's not because of the business it's because they're stuck in that overwhelm loop oh yeah um and so it's it's really then it's hard to get out of that and and like I get it like I'm saying all of this with the utmost compassion because like um you know I've definitely I definitely you know you and I both know we both like invested in ourselves it's not easy it's not comfortable of course you have doubts and fears and stuff you know and it's not the it's not the kind of pain-free route, is it? It's not like, oh, you just invest in everything. It's like rainbows. It's like deeply uncomfortable to invest at first until you acclimatize to it, to invest a significant sum in yourself. Um, And and especially if you haven't done the groundwork of the inner work as well, right? So Yeah, that you taught me that. But I also wanted to say something. It's like, I didn't invest in the business or in myself when I was rich or, you know, when Mm. I had money. And that's mm-hmm. like, that should not be seen as well. Like I, I hear that. Well, of course, if you're making, of course, if you have an yeah. investor, you know, when you have an investor, it means you brought someone into the business and actually it's like you're playing with fire. You're going to. They want something now. Exactly. At yeah. some point they're going to go like, so what you have done with my money? So it's not yeah. like um, I'm going to take that money and then, and then invest in myself. It's uh, It's actually a stronger decision. And this mm. is like the, probably the one message that I would want to give is it you don't invest in yourself only when you have the available money you know it's like actually you invest in yourself with what you don't have and then you learn how to make it yes (laughs) and that in itself is a great entrepreneurial lesson because to be a successful entrepreneur you have to be resourceful af yeah yeah (laughs) and so being able to find money 
somewhere for the thing that you need um, is like a kind of a crucial skill. And I, I totally agree with you that it's actually quite rare that people are in the situation where they just have money sitting around that they can just easily invest. Like that's not the typical person's experience, even in a fairly privileged middle-class kind of situation. It's just not often the case. Like when I think of all of the women who um, have come to work with me, it's been very rare that it's just that there's just been money in the bank just sitting there waiting to be spent on this, you know? A lot of the time it has been a kind of I'm going to have to find that money from somewhere. I'm going to have to ask so-and-so for a, you know, can I borrow this and then pay them back or put it on a credit card or take it out of the money that was supposed to be for this other thing or do you know what I mean? Like it's it's not like when we invested in ourselves, it kind of just, well, we just had that money sitting around, just took it from one of my stacks of cash. Yeah, and, yeah. You know? And that's when the magic happens, I think. Absolutely. That's like, yes. you know, when you, you had to, for me that's why like it was always important for me to make people pay for my time because yeah. they respect their own time much more yep. like, it's 100%. not for me uh sometimes I just like in some coachings that I do is like I will get just a very symbolic price mm-hmm. just because it has to make sense for them as well and if the mm-hmm. struggle was greater to find that money to to invest in that session with me or with anybody it's just the session to say you know what I need to do something and here I'm spending time and money to change something that's the change step and the minute you invest yourself that much the change happens easier Yes. Yeah. And there's a great quote that I've said like a million times on this show and I don't know who it came from. And I apologize every time that I don't know who I can cite this to, but it is, um, there is transformation in the transaction. Like at that moment that you say, do you know what? I'm doing this. Like something in you up levels, your energy up levels, because you're saying I'm doing this like game on kind of thing. Um, and yeah, I love that that you noticed that too. So good. Um, so Investing in ourselves and getting, you know, overcoming that guilt or finding ways to do that, super important. What else do you think is important to female entrepreneurs who really do want to like grow and scale their business? So what I noticed is I have coached, I was able to coach a lot of people because of the group coaching component of it. And mm-hmm. um, what I noticed is, first of all, most likely they are excellent at what they are doing. So if they mm-hmm. yes. If it's, it's a photographer that said it's they are excellent at photography or copywriter they're excellent whatever it is and mm. one thing is they're in slow growth sectors yeah so there are special strategies to grow and scale your businesses in slow growth sectors secondly most likely they don't know how to do business mm-hmm Business is something else. You you were not trained and it's not because you're a great photographer that you have to know how to do business or, yeah. you know. So, so what I know is you got to get those strategies in. You got to work on mm. the business, not in the business. This is Everybody says it, but no one knows how to actually and what do, do it. And lots of people are like, what does that what actually does that mean? mean? Yeah. Yes. So it's like, it means that you need to think about your business where you're going to take it and what are the steps that you're going to put in place to take it there and are Mm -hmm. those steps really right ones 
So yeah. for instance, I we had a planning session um this Wednesday and uh one of the uh one of the participants wants five new clients. They are a new business. They have been mm-hmm. open for two months. They want five new clients in March because of yep. course March is the last uh month of the quarter one, right? Mm-hmm. And they said that strategically the most important thing was to put their website up and Mm. I was like oh no it's not (laughs) because no one knows who you are no one knows where the website and by the time your website up it's end of March so no what needs to happen is that you need to connect with those potential five people that you can convert into clients who can actually benefit from your um, services yeah. So that means that you really need to create those opportunities to meet people because five mm. clients from zero is a lot of clients. So you gotta you gotta really put in place some strategies that are high converter strategies in slow growth yes. sectors instead of yes. potential converter strategies, which is online strategies, which is like one yes. percent. Yeah. So if you yeah. have hundred people visiting your website, you're you brand new website which you will not have the first month you don't even have the chance to have one customer so this is a a marketing knowledge it doesn't come to you either need to read a lot of books you Mm -hmm. either need to have a coach or an expert you need to invest in something (laughs) yeah and I would say as well like I'm sure there's people listening that are like oh like just even listening to that because the thing that's difficult for the online entrepreneur is that we are so marketed to about marketing that people out there who are talking about marketing online often and in these, say, Facebook ads that come into your feed are saying, you need a webinar. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with a webinar for the right business model and at the right sort of stage and things that can be excellent, an excellent sort of conversion strategy. Um, But we can think like, oh, that's what I need rather than actually what does my business need? How like what's the kind of like more realistic way of getting those people in the door, you know? Yeah, exactly. And and it's very confusing because people who are out there advertising to us as business owners aren't saying hey this is for you if you you're in this type of industry or if you're at this certain stage of growth in your business or you are they're just wanting to sell you their one thing that they figured out as the magic formula um and then what happens is as as you know because probably people come to your academy having been through that you know course junkie situation <laughs> yeah, they, you know, they are. <laughs> where like oh i tried this course about this strategy and it didn't work and then i tried that course about that strategy and it didn't work and this is the problem with that kind of like idea of a cookie cutter situation that people need to understand really more about their business and also their their skills and then find a a strategy that suits like both where they're at in their business where they want to go and also their skills right so that it's kind of that perfect combination so I love that you shared that yeah that's yeah that's really important it's all about to me learning there's a I don't remember who is who said that? But there, there's a, a quote saying, "You first learn and then you earn." Yeah. So you gotta yeah. be open to learning. I mean, like um, when I met you and your podcast, and I'm not too much into um, soft skill side of things. I'm too mm-hmm. strategic. Literally, listening to your podcast switched some things that actually impacted my strategy. So mindset mm. is like I'm not even talking about mindset when you ask me like what is important because it's 
you have been talking about it for a million yeah, people times. are people are convinced we don't need to keep banging that drum today <laughs> so, but it like to me i had to learn it and i am a business mm. coach i have 15 years of business strategy background but i had yeah. to kind of like come to a realization and awareness stage to say you know what this strategy is wrong and that realization came from something that i listened from you so that's like, I think that's the combination of like being really curious, really open, but mm. choosing the right channels to listen, yes. the right people yes. to listen to. And I'm not saying I am the right person, you're the right person. You will choose like whoever is listening to us, they will choose yep. their right people according to where they want to take their businesses. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's a really important note is that you know, we can, we are so bombarded. There's so much information, mm. so many sources and books and podcasts and things. And, and if we go to too many sources, it's so easy to be really overwhelmed. And like you said, you need to choose like your people to learn from. And the way that I like to choose is based on Actually, I do very, if I'm honest, I do very little business-based learning at this point mm -hmm. because I think actually, you know, once you've gone through that initial stage in business where you've learned the kind of all of the basics, all of the structure, like you've learned how to do business, if you continue like after a certain point, either it's just kind of the same message, mm. you know, again and again, or you just end up adding to your to-do list or you're more likely to slip into shiny object syndrome because you're like, oh, somebody's over there doing this thing. That's interesting. Do I need to like, No, 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 wait, come back to the path kind of thing. So I think there's like different, even different ways of like learning for different phases in business. But really my point is that you want to be learning um, based on what, what what's going to actually facilitate you with what you're doing in your business right now. So don't be like listening to people talking about this particular thing if it's not relating to actually what is your strategy and what you're trying to achieve or where are you at. Um, and equally learn from people, I think, and I don't know if you feel the same about this, but learn from people who are doing business in a way that actually you resonate with them and how they're doing it. So I'm not going to go and like, I don't know, listen to the teachings of like some hyper-masculine energy guy, <laughs> you know, um, and they're really kind of like authoritative, you know, that kind of like super kind of type A alpha dog type of personality, just who's like all about the hustle and the grind, because that doesn't like suit me, obviously. But, and I obvious, that seems kind of like an obvious thing to say, but it's easy. It's, that's an extreme example, but there's a kind of the subtleties and the nuances. I always think like, choose your kind of like mentors carefully. Obviously you do that if you're investing in them, but that also rings true, should ring true for books, podcasts, that kind of thing, because we don't want to be like learning from someone and we actually be like, hang on a minute though. Is this person like living their life in a way that I kind of like respect? Do they have like values that align to my values and things like that? It's, it's important, isn't it? To yeah. kind of not just seek the information, but seek it from, like be really choosy about your kind of sources of, of, of learning. Totally. And, um, you know, it's really easy to get in in that kind of like, oh, um, make seven figures and da 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 kind of talk. It's really easy. Mm -hmm. You just really need to look into um, into the person if it, if yeah. they they resonate with you, and and you're so right. Someone who really absolutely did doesn't resonate with me can resonate with a lot of other people. So it's absolutely. really yeah. what you. Um, what are your values and, and how you want to do business? 
Yes. For example, I, I, I met this guy who's all about making money and, um, and it's great, but my business is a social impact business. Mm. And the, the question that he asked me was, why only women? And I just didn't want to even answer to him. I was like, <laughs> I was like really, do you want me to start from the beginning about gender equality? Seriously, dude. <laughs> So like, but I'm sure if actually I listened to him, maybe I would scale the business earlier with a different yeah. model. That's not the that's not the business that I'm in right now. No. So and it's that val it's that values conflict there, isn't it? But it's but it's easy when I think when we're earlier on in our journey, it's easier to be more susceptible to the kind of allure of some of those messages oh, yeah. and not necessarily kind of check in with ourselves and does this does this person and their values and how they operate, do they really resonate with me? Because I've totally, I'm only talking about this because I've been there. <laughs> Before I launched my business in particular, I was downloading all of the freebies, doing all of the webinars, like lapping up everything. And, you know, in many ways, I don't regret it because I feel like everybody kind of needs to go through that. But I was just consuming all the content and taking very little action. Um, and also learning with no kind of element of discernment. If anyone was telling me something was like possible or they had the magic key, I was down to listen <laughs> and, and give them an hour of my time, you know. So I definitely was there. And actually, the thing that for me this is kind of interesting because we're talking about like investment kind of brings it full circle a little bit. The thing for me that... um May, one of the one of the things that made me hire my coach who I still work with today was that she'd done a video on and and she was and I was listening to it I was painting my office actually so I was like oh I'll paint my office and then I'll feel ready to launch my business <laughs> like you know all of the things and um and she said oh are you consuming all of the content but taking little very little action and I was like oh my god she can see into my soul <laughs> I have to hire this person <laughs> And the first thing she did was put me in content jail. She was like, okay, so day one, session one, consume no, no more content. You've invested in this. This is all you need for right now, you know. Um, do you find that with your women in the academy? Do you ever have to kind of bring them back to, hey, you've invested in this. Stick with your plan and the tools in front of you. Stop getting distracted by outside. Or do you find that actually they're pretty disciplined once they're in? We are, depending on at which stage of engagement they are with the academy, but let's say like the middle stage, which has mastermind coaching and, and every month planning sessions, etc. Mm. Um, I suck up all their time <laughs> to go <laughs> listen to someone else. But um, I guess it's... Um, what I find that they are really uh, dispersed with is really like, oh, I got to do this on Instagram. Oh, mm -hmm. I got to do that on Facebook. Oh, I got to. And this is like the noise, not even mm -hmm. from an expert, but the general noise that kind of gives that feeling of not enough. And yes. then, um, and also human nature loves this little screen, right? That you, when you're mm -hmm. behind, you're, you're safe and comfortable. Um, and when I tell them, no, I want you to do one-to-ones, you got to do yeah. the one-to-ones and you got to sell, you got to be able to show your value and expertise on a one-to-one -one basis. That's when they put their pants. I mean, th it's yes. the same for me. Like, I'm not yep. going to say, like, it's the same for me. It's easier to write a blog uh, than to go and actually be present with one person. 
it's mm-hmm. weird, right? Like we are mm-hmm. all craving that social connection right now during this COVID shit. But yes. but weirdly, um, the minute you have to put yourself out there naked, then everything becomes like, then the procrastination starts. And then mm-hmm. suddenly Instagram becomes more important. Website becomes more important. And this is where I try to kind of like declutter, you know, yeah. all that is important. But let's face it, if you didn't hit... But bring it down to basics. Exactly. If you want clients in the door, you need to be in that situation. Poop your pants and carry on regardless. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And you know what you were saying, uh, like there's a difference between showing up and struggling. Mm. Um, Pooping your pants is showing up. You're going to show up. You're going to poop your pants maybe three times. At the end of the day, it's going to be okay. You know, you're going to, at the end of the day. You're not going to die. Exactly. And you're going to, you're going to make, like, it's going to become something more easy to do. Hmm. Struggle will be, you're going to be on your 1035th post on Instagram and no conversion. And not understanding you feel like why (laughs) no one's buying from you. Exactly. Yeah. And the other thing is, is if you know how to sell to somebody face-to-face, then you understand better how to sell on, say, Instagram, which is like the irony as well there. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think sales skills are a big one for women. Do you agree? I mean, we could get into like, I could spend like probably an afternoon talking about (laughs) selling sales skills for women. But do you find the same that that's one of the things that is most sort of fear-inducing for your women in the academy? Yeah, this is like, this is something that I am trying to also... um, get grips with so it's really interesting tell me what you think but uh what happens is they're not that bad at selling in terms of presenting their business Mm -hmm. they're bad at asking the price Mm -hmm. or like I wouldn't say bad it's a bad thing to say bad they are fearful at asking the price um they're not fearful at presenting the business to people that they know Mm -hmm. what I kind of now think where the struggle is is the prospection is meeting new people telling Mm -hmm. to new audience what we do that's where the struggle comes and that's that's when they actually feel naked it's like if 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 you put them into situations where they know a few people and they are comfortable then it's easier so I still don't know if it's about sales well, I do. There is a component of sales which is like got to be relentless, yeah. you know. And no is a no just for today. You got to come mm-hmm. back to it. You got to find a it's way. All in the follow up, exactly. Yeah. That bit I do know that uh, a lot of women struggle. Yes, and I struggle yeah. myself. And it comes down to I think in that particular aspect of selling that we aren't taught that it's okay for us to ask for what we want. As women, so the fact that we've asked for the sale once, we feel like we've we've done more than enough. And then the idea of going back and still asking if we haven't had a firm no, or checking back in if we have later in case that person's changed their mind—it's very <laughs> like triggering because we're told as women like we're supposed to just get on with things and not really ask for what it is that we want or we desire. And we can feel like selling is an ask. Now I actually have a, like a different view on that, but that's how we feel, you know, until we've kind of worked yeah. through that sales mindset. So yeah. 
And the rejection. That kind of idea of following up. Exactly. It feels like rejection, right? Yeah. I didn't hear back from them. I guess they think I'm crap. And that's the kind of conclusion that it's too easy to come to. And like, no, they were just busy. You ask them again. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. you know, like I also always say that in courting and like mm. relationships starting, men never stop. Like they would like nag yeah. you, they would send you flowers, they would do this, they would do that, da da da. And and they they are they're used to ask and get rejected. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? Yeah. And and that and they see it as a game. Yeah. And it's a bit fun. Exactly. Yeah. And it doesn't yeah. matter. Whereas yes. in women, I mean God forbid women go and ask for a man out. Anyhow, it's like mm. when you look at the stats, it's really low. Yes. Yeah. Better, but it's really low. Then when you look at it, it's actually like if the man goes like no, then it goes, oh my god, no, yeah. he said no, that's no. Like you yeah. wouldn't think that a woman would go back and back and back. No, and you back. don't. It's it's rare, isn't it, that you kind of like hear of women really chasing men and in a kind of sporting way as well yeah. that men would, you know. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's a really interesting um sort of similarity and parallel there. I love I love how you've like drawn the similarity. I like that. Um yeah, so I think there's that definitely tied up in it. I think as well when it comes down to actually um selling, we have so much in our culture that tells us that selling is wrong, which is BS, let's be honest, because we're sold to all day every day in a way that we actually love, we just don't recognize it and we just have these culturally upheld and societally upheld ideals of salesiness. And we think that, oh, to sell is to be salesy and sleazy and pushy, and therefore I don't want to do it. And there's a whole other kind of, you know, way of selling, but nobody, like, that's not kind of talked about in our cultural narrative. And also, just the way that our brains operate, we kind of store the bad examples more than the good examples. Mm. So there might be like the one time we had somebody being pushy with us, and that's the thing that we kind of like fear becoming rather than the hundred times in the last week that somebody sold to us in a way that was so perfectly aligned with our values that we didn't even notice they were selling to us or we didn't even see it that way (laughs) so that we didn't kind of keep the evidence bank there, you know? So I think that's one aspect for sure. And then the other thing for me in terms of like um, what provokes fears around selling for us as women is money because you know any sales conversation is a conversation about money and if we have you know a wobbly money mindset then of course we'd bring in that to the party yes yeah. <laughs> so, yeah so of course asking for the the price is going to feel intimidating or scary or a stretch if we're if we're feeling like we've not done that work to get our energy behind that price yeah you know my yeah. my always like my two rules about it is the first one is you do not sell until you have literally asked every single question possible. Sales is a mm. question skill. So mm-hmm. you have yes. to ask minimum 50 questions, okay? Like, yeah. I mean, I'm exaggerating, but that's the thing. Yeah. It's like, and the questions will make the party understand that they need you or you will understand that they need you or not. Or not. Or not. In which case, it's, yeah. but, and that's the, the thing is it's not it's not about closing the sale. It's about having a conversation and establishing if you're a good fit. Exactly. So yeah. the only way to, to do that is ask questions. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way also to keep the control in your hand. The yes. second rule is the moment you finish your questions, you talk about price. That's mm-hmm. the challenge. It's You do not say, and I hear this and I want to go like, 
hang myself. You do not say, I'll send you a meal with the price. No. You lost yeah. it. That's like the worst move. Yeah. <laughs> but but that's the move that, like, I get it. I understand why people do that. It's because they're afraid of having that conversation because yeah. they need to work on, like, getting that energy behind, feeling good about quoting that price. But, um, but d- yeah, you want to stay in the conversation until you've had uh, at least a preliminary decision, you know, yeah. and which means talking about the money. Yeah. Because there will be money objections and we could we could do a whole podcast episode on money objections yeah. you know and that doesn't and again that doesn't mean that they mean no um you can't handle those or talk about those or meet those or answer questions about those if you haven't talked about the price right yeah. so and and you don't have to justify your price and you don't nope. have to um you can have like uh, there is a concept called batna better alternative solution if you don't have any better alternative solution and you're like, okay, that's my price, but tapped in very like nicely, you can just make it. If you can do some pricing uh, payment uh, possibilities for them mm-hmm. to be able to buy your thing uh, in an easier way, do it. But yeah, you absolutely do. It's not like, oh, but I have studied so many, so many years. Law- lawyers no. don't justify their price you know don't justify don't apologize and don't discount in the moment like that's the kind of yeah yeah or or what I love as well I mean look everything that I'm saying right now and like we're nicely making fun of and nicely kindly and with with really like respect I've done Mm. them all I need it 100% 100% like yes let's let's be clear on that because the thing is is we've become experts on selling or uh, you know adept at selling good at selling because we've been through all of this and we're just talking about this from personal experience oh, yeah. as much as like, any as I've much as helping other women through the same kind of process yeah 100%. it's something we all go through like we've all been in that situation of just trying to hurry off a sales call because we're feeling super awkward and we've all been through that same thing of losing a sale because we were too afraid to even ask for it um or we've all done the thing of you know quoting a price and then the person pauses because people will pause to consider and then leaping in and saying 20 percent off actually i could if you wanted to do this instead you know like so yeah so we're we're talking about our own experience here, really, as yeah, much exactly. as anything, right? Yeah. No, no, like no, no, no judgment, no judgment at all. Like this is the, the sales skill. Like, my husband, do you know, I wish selling and selling done well was taught in schools because it's yeah essential. Look, yeah. money mindset, finance, money mindset, yeah. and sales. I think yeah. they were they're like the skills that you need to have because sales is about convincing someone. For something good, I'm not like saying manipulating, yeah. but it's convincing. No. It's debating on a on a uh, and coming, bringing someone to a level of of something that you want to happen. So it's not mm-hmm. just about you sell every day with your partner in a relationship. Every day yeah, you sure. try to negotiate on stuff. We sell to our kids. We sell to you our know, kids. they sell yeah. to us a lot. <laughs> all the all the time. They are great, they are it, but great. they have a uh, they have quite a salesy, pushy <laughs> tactic. I would say. That works, which works sometimes. Yeah, works for them, yeah. <laughs> but that's it. It's like they, they're relentless. They're rel- mm. and, and that's... They follow up. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> so it's kind of like we... What I wanted to say is is this is like an essential, actually, life skill. Yeah. Instead of like business skill. Yeah, because actually, you know, even if you were going to, God forbid, go back to the corporate world, which makes me kind of break out in hives. Um <laughs> You need, that's what interviewing is. 
you know, it's selling yourself. That's what doing a presentation, you know, to get a promotion is. It's selling, like, you know, it's it's all we it's it like you said it's a life skill i do i do wish it was taught more because once you the now the beautiful thing is, is so you and i've been through it we've been through the the pooping the pants the making the mistakes with selling to become like good at it um and but the beautiful thing about learning sales as a skill is once you once you know you know and no one can take that away from you like i know that if my business imploded tomorrow from some freak circumstance or whatever I can build another because I know how to sell now, you know? And that is actually kind of the empowering piece, isn't it? Is that it's the sort of thing that kind of helps you feel like that's where the real security comes from mm. in many ways. It's the same as like when you understand that you're the creator of your own abundance. Um, and sales is obviously an extension of that. But that's where that security comes from. It's not from having built a business to a certain point or having a certain amount in the bank. It's having these skills, these business building skills that you know that you can always build with them keep building bigger or build again if you needed to you know yeah 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 you know my um parents are business owners in mm -hmm. turkey and my mom started her first business architectural company and when she, she was 27 and then you are canadian you must know remax um it's the real mm -hmm. estate agency yes um they're really really strong in in turkey and they bought the franchise of remax and now they have like 50 plus people in their uh franchise and like they have been wow. awarded blah 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 so they're really really yeah. good at sales and team management but anyhow more than that one day the entire team I think got my mom upset or something and I remember like I was at I was there I was in that situation because I I also consult them sometimes mm -hmm. and I remember her saying with this confidence she went I'll burn this whole thing down and tomorrow mm -hmm. I'll build it up again mm -hmm. right there, like yeah. opposite you. And she had that confidence and it wasn't about like, as you said, money in the bank or whatever, whatever. It was about, I've done it. Mm -hmm. I know, I know how I've done it and I'll do it again. And yes, and that kind of, that kind of stuff comes. And my mom is the salesperson you want to meet. Like yes. she can sell anybody anything there on the podcast so <laughs> it's like it's really interesting how that confidence comes with the idea of being able to actually sell yourself sell your value yes yeah so for anybody who's listening who has realized that they are or have been shying away from sales activities and from those kind of situations like we get it but also if you go through that situation of getting out of your comfort zone and and being in it and learning through doing and through failing and like we keep saying, pooping your pants along the way, that's what awaits you on the other side. Not just the potential of that sale in front of you, not just the immediate money in the bank, but once it clicks and you're like, oh, I get this now, then you get that confidence. Like we can start building that confidence that your mum's got that kind of like, you know, fine, take it. Cause I'm going to go and build it over there better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like That's, that's like a real, that's when you're winning, isn't it? When you feel that kind of sense of security and confidence in your own business skills. Yeah, definitely. 100%. I would love to see like so many more women with that level of confidence oh. in their business skills. That would be my dream. That That's my dream. That's like, this is like, I build Academy for Women, women Entrepreneurs mm. with the dream of becoming international and 
like my my kind of one of my dreams is taking the plane going to Africa and then like spending one month training African women there mm-hmm. you know like it's it's and this is like serious thing there, there are a lot of economic improvements can be made through women empowerment in business so yes yeah for sure whoever is listening and my kind of message to the universe as well help us help the economy and women empowerment mm-hmm. seriously like governments yeah. and, and every single body who has the power should invest in this yes when when we as women do better everybody does better that's the thing like when we have thriving successful businesses like you said the like our families our communities are impacted but beyond that our economy is impacted it's just it's for the good of everybody yeah. ultimately and also the thing that i know to be true about women is that when we make good money we do good things with it oh, you yeah. know we do good things with it for ourselves. Let's never say that we're only allowed to earn money so that we go and do some philanthropical, <laughs> you know what I mean, some some charitable stuff. <laughs> um, that you know we're allowed to just make money because we want to buy some cool shit for ourselves too. Oh, like yeah. that's permitted. But the thing that I know is that when you get more money into the hands of women, then they do really amazing things with it. And I've seen that. And I'm sure you've seen that too through yeah. the women that you help. Um, so good. So um, when we were talking a few times there, something I picked up on is that you talked about planning. Do you think that planning is also one of these um, essential sort of skills for the female entrepreneur who's interested in like growing and scaling her business? Yeah, 100%. That's the... Um... That, that's when you get really serious about business, I think. It's, uh, you know, mm-hmm. that's when that's when you start to work on the business, not in the business kind of mm. thing. It's, and so yeah. give us like, what what's your take on what what is planning when it is look, when it looks like working on the business rather than in this? Because obviously there's loads of stuff we can plan in our business. We can plan like what Instagram stories I'm going to post over the next week, for example. But what are you kind of talking about when you're talking about that, yeah. that planning that really facilitates growth so okay so planning in general in life I think it's always um making life easier for yourself and and putting Mm -hmm. some kind of roadmap in front of you whether it's like I don't do this but when I I wish I could if you had a meal plan for the week uh Mm -hmm. it's easy right I do that I do see I know it's easy right you go and instead of thinking oh what am I gonna cook oh what is in the it's easy you go you do and you eat and it's easy there is no the decisions already made exactly yeah. so planning is a like good, being good at planning is actually making your life easy for yourself it's the same in business so in essence what you're saying i'm going to plan my content for my social media it is part of it but mm-hmm. what i'm talking about when i say planning it's kind of that strategic approach to your business so um and and it's not uh please like let's put this out there it's not writing a business plan okay mm-hmm. i'm not yeah. a i think at some point you might need to write a business plan i'm not a fan of i'm it. not a fan of <laughs> i've them. never had one yes it hasn't harmed me yet. yes yeah. so i had one because we were going in front of investors you gotta yeah, show that's it. when you actually do need them yes yeah so if you're raising money, you got to have a business plan, mm-hmm. a three-year budget plan. I yeah. swear to God, the pr- three-year budget plan is never, never, <laughs> like it goes like at the second month, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the strategic planning is 
being able to understand what's happening in the business. Hmm. That's that that's what helps you to do. And and then also then taking measures or taking actions in terms of going towards where you wanted to take your business. So yeah. Um as I said to you, like for me, this business, I my biggest vision was it needs to become an international platform. So you don't build an international platform as you would have built a uh, consultancy business like I did before. No. Yeah. And uh, within that, there are so many kind of uh, strategic, what, they, what we call in the strategic language is strategic imperative. So it's the priorities, action, actionable priorities that you need to put in place are completely mm-hmm. different. Yes. For example, in Academy for Women Entrepreneurs, what was very important for, for us was to build the community. That's why we reached 1,500 people in less than 12 mm. months, mm. because we really focused on that. We didn't focus on turning uh, money, income. Yes. Because this is like, anyhow, what, what we know is we're not going to be international without bringing investment in. Mm-hmm. So... And investors are interested in the community that we're going to create. So that's yes. that was what we focused. On. That's why your strategy had those steps. Exactly. In it. Yeah. If yeah. I was a consultancy business, or I was a um, one one man band, or two like with a support team, I would mm-hmm. have approached this completely differently. So then, yeah. if you look into these two separate businesses. They will. They might sometimes cross over and do some stuff together, but there will be moments where you always have to stop and look what happened, what mm. needs to happen next, and also mm. you gotta you gotta measure. So planning gives you the um, forces you to measure, which yes. a lot of small business owners don't do. But mm-hmm. I really don't know how to make business without measuring. So mm. you can I. I I just don't understand how you can actually plan without having some numbers in and saying, Mm -hmm. you know what, even like as simple as, and this is like as simple as, I spend eight hours on my social media, Mm -hmm. right? And I got one person. Mm -hmm. And I spend two hours in my networking and I got three three people, Mm -hmm. right? That measure gives you a, an exemplary image of, all right, what do I need to do? It's like, where can I double down? Right. Yeah. Right. So come on. So then it's like, where am I going to invest my time? Mm-hmm. Uh, where am I going to invest money? Well, I'm going to invest my time because I can convert easily in the networking. But actually, maybe I should think about like converting more in the networking, spending less time on social media, but having someone to do it for me. Yes. Yeah. Right. So that is like the simple, simplest way of looking at planning. It's I'm measuring what happened till now. Where am I at versus where I want to be? And what are mm-hmm. the next logical steps? Yes. And it's not that easy. Like it's not, as I said, people are full of information that are harmful to them Mm -hmm. and to their businesses they will Mm -hmm. come and tell you that they need to reach x amount on instagram and Mm -hmm. you just need to because they don't have data they don't understand that instagram will not bring them money if they are not in the thousands of followers so yes 
Yeah. So then, and also it depends on your business model too, right? Exactly. Like, and like, and, and exactly like you were saying, like earlier, like it depends on kind of where you're at in your business and the kind of sector that you're in. So like, for example, I have one of my clients who's in my mastermind. She does very well off of Instagram with her business, but she's put a lot of time and effort into it, obviously, to make that work for her. But she has the type, she's got a product-based business. And so it work, It suits the platform yeah. very, very well. Um, whereas now I might at some point transition into a kind of more of a growth strategy on that front. But my my Instagram numbers, if you looked at my, my Instagram numbers, have basically plateaued, I think, for like two years. It doesn't harm my business, though. Exactly. That's the thing, because that's not part of my strategy so it's about knowing like what is the sort of what is that what are the steps that work for you and also where like you know you're saying if you're planning then you're looking at what works for you like that's been working for her so she doubles down on it for me it's you know actually podcasting is the thing that works for me so I double down on that or getting on conversation and getting having conversations with people that works that's the kind of conversion tool that's worked for me so well so that it's like knowing those numbers knowing what's been working for you being able to then plan from there yeah so that you're not plowing time which is our most valuable resource yeah. into something that's not giving you a return or not getting not moving your business in the direction that you want it to go yeah. right and that's when they fall in that struggle um component what you you always say it's like it's a really good thing to like it really opened my mind up as well who is struggling people mm. who are struggling are those who haven't done that work that working on the business and understanding what works what doesn't and i i do raise my hand like we are at the first year of our businesses and we do we do go like oh we're gonna try this for three mm. months does it work yeah. it doesn't work so there is a little bit of a struggle element because we have like you have to yes. try out yeah but I'm guessing in a year time, we would have found a really nice funnel that actually works where mm -hmm. we put 90% of our energy or 80% mm -hmm. of our energy. And then the rest would be discovering new stuff. Yes. But the thing that you said in, in there that I just want to highlight that's interesting is you said for three months. And that's the thing that um, I think it's very easy if nobody's told you that before to not realize that you really need to stick with a strategy for at least three months before you determine, is oh, yeah. this working for me? And really go after it. Um, it's too easy to hop from strategy to strategy. And then, and that's the true struggle because you're hopping from strategy to strategy. Of course, you're not getting any traction on any, on any of those strategies because you're not giving it the fullness of three months of dedicated like um, energy and focus. And then like looking at the numbers, like you said, and then saying, hey, has this worked before you decide? So I love that you mentioned that because I think that's something that doesn't get talked about enough, like sticking to your guns for that long. Yeah, stay the course. You gotta yeah. stay the course. And three months, it might be actually small. Like you yes. gotta, you gotta really uh, check because there are some stats, and I mean, you can Google it. There are some stats that you can find. Okay, what is the? How can I understand that this channel works for me? How long do I need to try it? And you, mm. you just need to be at that moment, be a little bit curious and invest a little bit time at the beginning, mm -hmm. instead of copying pasting something that has been do doing well on this sector that is n nothing to do with you or this person mm -hmm. that is you know who is nothing to do with you mm -hmm. copy paste that struggle 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 doesn't work i'm going to copy paste this one 
struggle, 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 doesn't work. Instead of that doing like monkey thing, you just need to like choose and commit upfront planning time. Mm -hmm. Set yourself some targets. Check your targets. Were they really realistic or not? And then Mm -hmm. go about it again. And if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. Say goodbye to it. You know, it's... no judgment. You tried. Yeah, you it's tried. Part business. It's yeah. part of the business. You, it, it doesn't work. Know why it didn't work. Oh, my yes. uh, My audience was not there. Uh, my message was bad. Maybe I should try with mm-hmm. another message. Whatever it is. I didn't believe in it. That's another one. Exactly. I didn't believe, I didn't yeah. put enough effort. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't, I did it like, it does happen to me sometimes. I just do it to do it and then it doesn't work. Of course. Why would it work, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, other people are doing it by putting 100% of their energy in it. So why would mine work? Because I put 10% of my energy. Yeah. I'm magic. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of like, I guess, planning that gives you the power to control the business instead of the business controlling you. Yes. Yeah. And I, I get it, though, because it... I think it's easy, isn't it, to start a business, have a certain amount of traction, but then get really stuck and plateau. And do you think planning is one of those things that can help get um, women out of that plateau of of just kind of being um, entrenched in the actual day-to-day of the business? And then also sometimes people end up in that cycle of um, busy doing the actual work of the business, forgetting to kind of continue filling the pipeline then the work dries up, then they go to fill the pipeline, then they get busy again. And it's kind of this kind of peak and trough situation. But actually, throughout all of that, there's no none of that kind of like rising above to like look at the lay of the land and say, actually, where am I going with this? What am I trying to do here? Yeah. And then making strategic decisions based off of that. Yeah. yeah. And also that creates a, a fog, that kind of like... Mm. Um, mm-hmm routine of hunting clients feeding clients hunting clients feeding clients you know and then like getting nowhere not being able to grow yeah that actually makes the business painful creates Mm. that fog for people overwhelming yeah yeah, what you what you call overwhelming overwhelm loop loop. and then they lose motivation course yeah and that then they lose conviction commitment Mm -hmm. and desire and Mm -hmm. like when I I always say that to people who come to me I just go like out of 10 give me a score on your conviction out of 10 give Mm -hmm. me a score on your desire because that is really important for you to be able to say hands on heart you know what I want this business to work or you know what I can't be bothered Mm. I can't be bothered because it's too much effort Mm-hmm. So then I would be like, okay, is it really too much effort or is it wrong effort? Yes. too much. Yeah. And that is when actually if you put a regular, and I'm not talking about just one yearly planning, planning, like I do it monthly and we now, mm-hmm. because I do it monthly and I do it for myself, I run monthly planning sessions for the tribe. Mm. So that's the, like, that's the moment where you go like, all right, I've done this this month I've achieved a lot hey celebrate what went wrong and what needs to happen now because how these achievements or not achievements affect the the the, the year yes yeah yeah I love that that's so good and actually am I right in thinking that you have some kind of 
planning offer that you can mention to my audience? Yeah, definitely. First of all, uh, whoever comes from you would get a £10 knockoff. I'll give you the the, um, code for that. We love a discount. Thank you. Yes. And our planning sessions are really, really not expensive. It's really cheap. It's, I think, all right, I'm at $34.99 per planning session, but quarterly planning oh, wow. sessions are a little bit more. I don't know exactly the price, um, but mm-hmm. uh, we'll send them to our website and they can find out about that. Um, and moreover, the planning sessions tickets give access to our Empower Lights uh, membership which gives them access to all our content. Amazing. So we'll put links to that in the show notes, but do you want to tell people where to go just so they can hear it as well? So they can go to www.academyforwomenentrepreneurs.com and then if they look in the events, they can Mm -hmm. then see our planning sessions and then they just click and everything would be written. I just need to raise the um, code for you and then you can add it to that. So good. How about how about yes. we'll do? You know what? I'm going to raise the code. Let's put it awesome because we are all awesome. awesome. Love it. Awesome. So use the code awesome. Awesome. And you get Ten yeah. pounds off. Awesome, Corey. So now I want awesome, Corey. The the code okay. is awesome, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, so go to Jalen's website. Use the code awesome, Corey, and you get ten pounds off your planning session thank you for that um not just because i'm obviously loving the code but for for providing it for us it's so good oh my goodness jaylen i have absolutely adored chatting with you today i feel like i could just chat for the rest of the afternoon but i know that you also want to go out and enjoy some of this uh you know exceptional sunshine that we're enjoying so um thank you so much for coming on and talking with me and sharing your expertise with my lovely listeners i think it's massively appreciated Thank Thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me, Corey. It was a pleasure, fun to have you to discuss with you. Yay. And tell everybody where they can hang out with you online. Everything is Academy for Women Entrepreneurs. Um, So our handle on IG and Instagram is Academy for Women Entrepreneurs. Uh, You can find us Academy for Women Entrepreneurs on LinkedIn as well. And my name is a bitch. I'm sorry, but it's (laughs) it's not written with J or whatever. So it's Ceylan, C-E-Y-L-A-N, voice, B-O-Y-C-E, and just connect with me on LinkedIn and I'll anyhow drive you wherever you need to land. Amazing. And we'll put all of the links for those in the show notes that you'll be able to find at corriejavid.com forward slash podcast forward slash jlan which is c-e-y-l-a-n um and yeah if you've enjoyed listening to this then do tag us on instagram take a screenshot of this episode and also i would love to know send me a dm um and i can also share it with jay um telling us what was your biggest takeaway from this episode because i always love to hear that from listeners thank you so much jay thank you my love do we talk every tuesday if not we totally should you see each tuesday i send out a message exclusively to my besties on my email list these are pep talks hits of inspiration behind the scene peaks lessons i've learned in life business and motherhood and notes from the heart and if i say so myself <laughs> these are some gold you don't want to be missing out on head over to corriejavid.com forward slash tuesday and sign up to receive my weekly notes plus 
you'll be gifted my morning mindset routine designed to help you slay your day and your goals because I believe even as mothers, we can have a morning mindset routine that works for us. That's corriejavid.com forward slash Tuesday. Tuesday.